All right. Steve Sherlock here in the Franklin TV studio for another session with our Senior Scribblers group. Hello, all. Welcome to the Senior Scribblers. This will be on the air for August 2023. And we'll do a round of intro so you'll hear the people and the voices and be able to identify as they do their reading. Good afternoon. This is Faith Flaherty. Hello, I'm Bill Wiley. Hi, everybody. I'm Alice Church. I'm Zenobia Carson. And I'm Susan Borey. So today we'll begin. Does somebody want to start? If nobody wants to start, I do have something to go. I've got two today, but... I'll certainly let somebody else start if they want. I'll stop because we'll probably initiate a discussion, okay? All right. Okay. I titled it, Macho is Childish. Macho is Childish. Yes. When I was in college, Ernest Hemingway was my hero. I wanted to marry someone just like him. My friend gave me a pen and ink drawing of him, and I, I had it on display like it was a sacred icon. That was then. This is now. <laughs> I started to reread The Sun Also Rises by Ernest Hemingway. This time, 50 years later, I can't believe how naive, stupid I was. <laughs> the characters in The Sun Also Rises are a bunch of degenerates. No wonder they were called the lost generation. They were lost personally and morally. Their only aim in life was self-indulgence. They were always drunk. That is not hyperbole. They were always drunk. The female character, Brett, had the morals of an alley cat. Whatever whim entered her empty head, she followed it. The story is narrated by Jake, a journalist. He and Brett are best friends. Evidently, Jake is impotent. That's where the title of the novel comes in. By the way, I didn't get that when I read it when I was in college. Brett always calls on Jake to help her, like a big brother. Brett is in love with a drunken Englishman, Mike. Cohen is in love with Brett, and she does indulge him once in a while and may even spend a weekend with him, but she's not interested and she eventually drops him. When the group decide to go to Pamplona for the fiesta in bullfight, Brett falls for the matador, but he's only 19, and Brett is in her late 30s. Uncharacteristically, she realizes that not only is she too old for him, plus her morals will also corrupt him because he's only a teen. She sends him away. I see that Hemingway's style is very descriptive, and that's what he's known for. He places the reader right in the scene, and his diction puts the scene present. The bullfight was so real it turned my stomach. I don't remember doing that when I first read it. But I've matured, and my stomach is fussy, like my reading taste. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 and this is a classic. This book is a classic. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. That's, he's got a number of titles that are classics. Uh, I think I had read it certainly during school days many years ago, and then... I think I reread it recently. Yeah, it's certainly the perspectives do change over oh, time. Definitely, yeah. Yes. Wasn't he known for all his characters being heavy drinkers and promiscuous and all yeah. that? Yeah, that's what he was known for. Yeah. yeah, living the life. 
Because if they weren't drunk, they were in the process of getting drunk. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> so was Jack Kerouac. It's a lot. Too. Jack Kerouac was like that. Yeah, in a different time. He's a Lowell but... boy. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. It was Lowell. a different time. Lost generation, and they were. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But of course, I, I think he was drunk all the time. Yes, anyway. that's what I was saying. <laughs> Yeah, well, just think Frank Sinatra, the Rat Pack, the Frank Rat Pack. Sinatra, yeah. Sammy Davis yeah, Jr., yeah. Dean Martin, Peter Lorre, Peter Lorre. <laughs> Sometimes. Sometimes, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. You know, uh, they, they said that Dean Martin was faking that a lot well, yeah, of Yeah, how time. could he be so successful if he really was, really was drunk? Well, Nancy, right. Nancy Sinatra said he, it was all, it was all an act. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She should know. She should know. She was close <laughs> enough That's to that true. Group. She was a Sinatra. She should know. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. That's a good way to, go? to start. Yeah. We'll see what you got from the poetry front today. Uh, back to my romantic stuff. Uh, Together we are one. What I want in this life, a simple question to ask. I know it's you. The sweet times will last. Your love for me, it is so strong. It is with you that I belong. To share our love, it's you I need. A life with you just has to be. Such a beautiful lady, you bring me joy. I will treat you kind like a child's toy. I bring you presents to show my love. God has sent you from heaven above. I know I love you and you love me. If you asked me to, I would climb that tree. But not too high, as I'm afraid of heights. To be beside you, I know is right. My beautiful lady, the time has come to be close beside you, because we are one. Together in this world, the time is right. We will light up the world in the darkest night. Mm. Okay. You had the rhymes all the way through. That's for sure. Good. That's a good one, Bill. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Alice, you want to go? Sure. This, uh, I'm sure you've heard, but I don't know whether I... I don't think I've done it on the radio, and I hope this woman is listening, um, which would be great. It's called Random Act of Kindness. There I was in line at the grocery store. My cart filled with shopping bags overflowing. I remember thinking it would take me a long time to bring these bags into my apartment and put them away. So here I was, the grocery bags were overbrimming in my cart, and I was searching for my debit card from the local bank to pay. Where was that card? I couldn't find it. The cashier was patiently waiting. I was aware of the line behind me. I decided to write a truck from the same bank where I had my debit card. Should be no problem, right? The cashier tried several times to insert the check. Nothing. You have been declined, she said. That shouldn't be, I said. There's plenty of money in there. To make a story even longer, the manager came over. He attempted to help. Meanwhile, I'm searching my purse to find another debit card. Nothing. No, nothing. After maybe 20 minutes, it became apparent that I wasn't taking my food home. I moved over to customer service with the manager, 
magical glance at my shopping cart filled with bags. I could read his mind. Who was going to have to put all this stuff back? Frazzled, I quickly retreated to a nearby bench close to the entrance and exit to call my bank. It was Saturday. This particular bank has a lot of questions for you to answer before they inform me of my balance. Today, the line was busy. Oh, great. I sat there waiting for the line to clear when the woman who was behind me in the grocery line came over to me. She gave me 50 bucks. I pushed her hand away. Oh, no, I couldn't take that. The woman had gone over to customer service, cashed a check, and now she gave me the money. Take it, please, and buy what you need. I insist. I thanked her profusely embarrassed and wanting to crawl in a hole. I sat there for a while thinking about what had just happened. The woman's generosity overwhelms me even now. With that $50, I was able to get some essentials and I vowed to pay it forward because everybody needs to step up at times. A PS to this, I contacted my bank and they couldn't figure out why my check didn't work since indeed there was plenty of money in my account. The banker's final words were, you should have used your debit card. Well, if I could have found it, I would have. With technology moving fast in our world, this makes me wonder if checks will somehow be a thing of the past and we seniors will tell our grandchildren nostalgically about how we used to write checks to buy items. That's a good one. Thank you. I was so overwhelmed even now. I know she went to the customer service and wrote a check and got the cash and gave it to me. And I felt so small, you know, like here I am a senior, you know, we seniors are supposed to be poor. And, but anyway, but I love the story and I thought maybe by some chance this lady was listening on the radio and recognized herself. There's always that chance. There's always that chance. As digital currency takes over more and more cash, coins, <laughs> checks, everything oh, becomes everything becomes plastic. Yes, yeah. And if you ever lose it. Indeed. Zenobia, you ready? Yes, I am. My title is Senior Singles Prepare to Mingle. Last week before checking my mailbox, I noticed a suspicious pale green note on the door of my apartment. It was pinned on by one of these cute little pincer type things that hold most of our correspondence between the manager's office and residence. Assuming it was one of those reminders to recycle or that the water will be shut off on a particular date, followed by the obligatory, we are sorry for the inconvenience, which means little unless you had a day planned 
to do a lot of flushing of your toilet, which is a water sport of sorts, I guess. This flower was suspicious because it was a cool mint green, a non-threatening color. It was folded in half and not in an envelope, which usually means rent check bounced or something on your patio does not meet the criteria for porch decor. You know, something like a couch pillow you brought out for the dog and for, forgot to remove. The foldovers always announce the health clinic in the community room where you can get your flu, pneumonia, or COVID boosters if they're still giving them. So seeing this innocent pale green eight and a half by 11 paper led me to flip it open and read the tall dark lettering. It was brief and to the point. Are you a single senior? Duh, this is a senior building. <laughs> Would you like to attend Ed Gable's very first senior single mingle? I rolled that around on my tongue for a minute. This was followed by a date and time with the promise of provision of refreshments. Well, that alone will get the herd moving, I thought. <laughs> Once inside my apartment, I read it again. I've lived here at Creekside for over a decade. If I was still working in the management office, I would have been the one attaching this note to the doors. But as I had seen on the way back from the mailbox, the green alien notes were affixed to all the doors on my floor, and I assumed on the second and third as well. As a former activities director, I had played with this idea of singles mingling here, but the women I approached with the idea were all, I do not need another man. This was from the, <laughs> this was from the widows followed by the same line. All these old men are just looking for nursemaids. And I wondered silently if we figure we women will always be well and healthy and never in need of nursemaids as well. Still, I had watched the transformation of these same sweet ladies if a man came within 50 feet of them. Delivery men half our age would barely make it through the doors without the lobby ladies making a big fuss the batting of eyelids, the voices six octaves or more high, the remarks about how strong you have to be to carry in those boxes. Hmm, pizza? I have seen my female peers in action when a poor fellow here tried to set up a Bible study after my own four-year study ended. He was in his early 60s with a height of 6'5 or so. He made the mistake of sharing that he and his wife were in the middle of a divorce. When he told me smugly that on the second week of his study, there were at least 20 women in attendance, I knew he was making a silent comparison to my meager group. One of the reasons for so many women is that here we outnumber the men by leaps and bounds. The few married couples can be counted on a hand and a half. The others are a smattering of single men and well, of course, there are the women. 
Whenever I passed this man's Bible study, I thought there were new female residents, but no, they were the regulars who just looked different. Some were wearing their entire collection of Mary Kay makeup on one face <laughs> and were unrecognizable between the layers of foundation and blush, while others, usually modest in dress, had shortened their hemlines considerably. And all were carrying Bibles the size of Samsonite luggage. <laughs> As the man talked about the end times in the book of Revelation, these amen sisters offered rapt attention until he announced that the divorce was off and he and his wife were rekindling their 40 plus year marriage. <laughs> After this, attendance and his study went down to about three, and that's counting his wife. Oh, no. <laughs> he finally disbanded the study, realizing that the real reason had been less scripture and more the romantic here and now. I picked up the green paper once again, wondering how this would play out. It would be heartening to know that finally, Someone other than myself knows that romantic inclinations do not dry up after the age of 50. And though this might be an invitation to a feeding frenzy among the Golden Girls, there might be some men who would brave the crowd and show their faces in the place for no more than the promise of refreshments, while others will cower in their apartments hoping the night will pass and they will survive without coupling or cavorting with anyone. They have already seen the way the sharks are circling. Me, I've decided not to attend for many reasons. I still believe the romance can happen in our single golden years. Why, just the other day while waiting for my grocery delivery, a handsome man in his 70s, I'm guessing, spoke to me doffing, yes, I said doffing, the imaginary hat like a true English gentleman. I bit my tongue so as not to say morning, governor. <laughs> he asked if I was new in the building. I suppressed a giggle and said, no, lived here a long time. <laughs> then he offered, I just moved in. Maybe I'll see you again. I smiled stupidly and was once again... 13 years old. <laughs> As he traveled down the hall where the morning coffee was doing its aromatic magic, I heard the voice of one of the sharks. You must be new here, she tittered, her voice high and excited. Oh, rats, I thought. Just like in high school, those sharks never change. On that note, I balled up the green invitation and put it in the receptacle. I decided I would write about it to share with all of you today. Very cool. Oh, how enchanting. Yeah. It's good. a good thing his Bible study was on Revelation and not Song of Songs. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. He stayed on that Revelations for a very long time. And the women were crowded. <laughs> At one time, there was standing room only. and um, Swept up in the rapture, I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> It was really crazy. <laughs> what a, a great story. Yeah. Thank you. That's a good one. Yes. Yes, indeed. Yeah, I've heard that people say, women say that they're not interested in the men because all they 
are looking for is a nurse or a purse. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's a good alliteration as well as yeah. Zenobia's title with the senior single mingle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was a great story. Yeah. You gave us a lot of laughs. Yeah. Good description. Good, good. Yeah. We need to laugh. Yes. Always. I wonder if Susan can follow that. <laughs> I know it. Yes, this is Susan, and that is going to be hard. The first thing I'm going to share is missing, kissing. Life's not what it used to be. I'm not having much fun. The only thing I pucker for is a ripe lemon. And my second light verse will be the shorter read, the better said, and so say I. That one was published back in 1966. And last year, one of my light verses placed first in the humorous poetry competition sponsored by the Poetry Society of Michigan. So anybody who says you're not funny and you don't write poetry, I can now show them my award. That's good. And I will say, if you're sitting there groaning because my light verse or slight verse can be groaners, you have Zenobia to blame because she's the one who invited me to join the group. Well, you're welcome. That happenstance. Absolutely. So just to confirm, those those were your short ones? Those were my two short ones, yeah. Yep. Good. All right. I've got two. I'll start with the one. And there may be some discussion as I think I've been mentioning over time, I've been doing a bunch of reading, read or the Robert Frost biography, been reading all the lyrics of Bob Dylan, <laughs> doing a variety of things. And Susan, uh, the book that you mentioned, The Woman in the Library. Yes. My wife read it and she said, you got to read it. There's a twist <laughs> at the end that I can't quite understand it. <laughs> so I did finish it and... If not in this one, there's another one. Uh, in the second one, there's a reference to that as well. So On, on my radio show, I, I played a Bob Dylan song, uh, Tangled Up in Blue. Yes. It's a long song. It is. Yeah. Very good. Very good song. So this is in two parts. Part one, I grew up in Pawtucket, but spend my time now creating Franklin Info to help folks connect the dots. She struggled dealing with her brother's desire for what he should have. It's no joke connecting the dots. Dot, 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 dash, 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 dot, dot, dot. Maybe you can lift the cloak to connect the dots. His dog groomer just canceled all the appointments. The dog needs help going broke to connect the dots. Ticket sales do matter. That's the key to fundraising. Need to understand the money stroke to connect the dots. Slept on the screen porch when I came home from college in the shade of the oak to connect the dots. Part two. Catching up to the horrible news out of Situate made me choke as I connect the dots. A homeless or rough sleeper played a key role in the novel when there, where the bloke tried to connect the dots. Amidst dealing with the heat wave, need to deal with the Canadian forest fire smoke to connect the dots. 
a new take on an old tale, likely to create conversation as the changes prod and poke to connect the dots. Endless diet debate continues on the value of the egg white versus the yellow yolk to connect the dots. Emergency sirens would frequent my dreams before I woke to connect the dots. Sentence pattern resembles lyrics to a song. The words he spoke helped to connect the dots. So one of the books that I was reading as well, and I haven't gone through the entire piece, but gets into an analogy or explanations around the gazal, which is that type of format that I just did in my own version of it as well. But the gazal generally is couplets with some rhyming, which is what I had heard before. This one goes on and insists that the couplets need to be disunified, which for me, where I'm trying to connect the dots, trying to make correlations of multiple things coming together, seems like I, I can't do that. So this was an attempt to try and make them at least, so I pulled from deliberately other resources or other inspirations to try and put them together and yet still connect the dots. So that's where that one came from. This one is a little bit more consistent in terms of the theme that goes through it. We'll probably talk more about it after. So this is based upon a true incident, but it's not all exactly how it happened. There's some embellishment or creative, and we'll get into that as we go. Part one. She brought her carriage to the car parked next to me in the Walmart pickup row. Turning, she breaks into sobs, surprising me, waiting for my common good. There aren't enough of us in there. There are so many of them and more sobs, leaving me meditating, waiting for my common good. He'll come back and save us, she says with a gleam. Then I realize what she's stating, waiting for my common good. I'm sorry to disagree. I don't believe that will be the case. If he does come back, they'll be more hating, waiting for our common good. My package was delivered and loaded. I thanked the young man, closed my vehicle, and began relocating, waiting with my common good. She is still ending still, lost somewhere. I start my vehicle but can't move until she does. It's frustrating, waiting for my common good. Part two. She starts unloading her carriage. I get out to help, frustration to action, translating, liberating our common good. I helped, lifting her last bag from the cart, placing it next to the others, then reached for the cart indicating relocating the common good. Bump a sticker aside, there was another way to take her comment, he'll come back, restating, narrating the common good. The world is in turmoil. Disaster screams in all headlines. We can keep hydrating, deflating for the common good. 
I do maintain hope that together we can figure this out. Many of us came here migrating, fixating on the common good. We can put aside the differences in the media and social apps, exaggerate to the nth degree, inflating, debating the common good. We can find within us the source, the love that conquers all and go about collating, creating for the common good. So the park in the Walmart parking lot, this other elderly person came next to me and just, she turned to me, I was waiting, and she turned to me just, I mean, she said exactly that, and then just started sobbing. I was like, really? And then I recognized, I mean, the bumper sticker says, you know, America's going to be great again, and she went on, and it's like. Oh, she's talking about Trump. I thought you were talking that, about Jesus Christ. That was the first interpretation, <laughs> because that was what the bumper sticker was. She's talking about Trump. He won't come back, or he will come he back? He will come back He and will fix come things. back, fix things. Okay. Because there's so many of them in there, and not enough of us. It oh, like, so many, I don't know, woke people, or whatever. or yeah. whatever. Oh, I mean, immigrants. Oh, that's right. Right? Right. Okay. So, but then I also realized, aside from the bumper sticker, there is another way to interpret that saying, he'll come back. And I went to the hope. <laughs> but I don't know. <laughs> so it's food for thought. Yeah. Were you able to comfort her? I did help her with the packages, and I did move the carriage. Clay, she was standing there, so I couldn't go anywhere until I did do that anyway. So, <laughs> so there was some self-service in that. But I did comment to her that I didn't think if he came back, it was really going to improve things. That much I did say. That did not seem to comfort her. I mean, even when I left after, she was kind of still standing there sobbing. So I, I don't know. The poor woman. Yeah, I know. Uh, I know. Yeah. Yeah. It's it, it's around us. It's there. I try not to argue how, about that. How may we receive a print copy of your poem? I'm sorry? I didn't catch part of that. How may we receive a print copy of your poem? I would like to be able to read it over and over and over again because there's so much in there, in, particularly with the format, with the repetition, um, yeah. it, it, it's just something I want to go over and over and over again. Yes. Uh, these are still draft. I haven't yet posted them. I should post them in the next couple of days, and I'll include the link in uh, the email thread. I have before, but it's quietpoet.com, but I'll send you the link. Thank you. But I think the other piece that I come back to is and in our other discussions, uh, at least us gathering, we, we each in our own way have different backgrounds, different experiences. Mm -hmm. We're trying to make sense of our world and in so doing, writing and sharing our world. So therein, that's hopeful. And that keeps me coming back for this as well. So thank you all for this particular session. I wasn't ready to end it. I was going to, how did you know that she was talking about Donald Trump? Because the bumper sticker on her car. Okay. All right. At first, I thought you meant she was waiting for a person, no, you know, well, like her husband or her well, son. That was something. the piece that was interesting from, you know, we were in the Walmart, at least in the 
Warwick store has, uh, you know, clearly handicapped parking. And because this is Warwick, Rhode Island, right? Warwick, Rhode Island. Okay. So I was down there picking up something for my uh, mother-in-law. All right. And when you order via the app or online, there's a row for pickup. So we pulled into the open spot. I'm standing there waiting, having checked in, waiting for it to come out. She comes out with her cart. So I guess she had gone in to do the pickup as opposed to waiting outside for the okay, pickup. Okay, so she picked up her pickup. Okay. She picked up her pickup. pickup. Okay. And multiple bags, but you know, while instead of saying nice day, whatever, she just that's what she came out with. It was and then she starts sobbing. It was like, she must have had some kind of me intercourse with the person helping her. Maybe she can understand his English. What did the bumper sticker say? Uh, I Trump or specifically, MAGA or but it was it definitely yeah. had MAGA in the bumper yeah. sticker. Make so. America great again. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she must have tried to tell the person, and I didn't understand her. And it was, poor thing. you look sympathetic, and yeah. you look like you would um, listen to her. Yep. So I did. <laughs> well, yeah, know, by telling her, I don't but, agree. <laughs> well, I, <laughs> that's not too You know, that's a random <laughs> act of that's a random act of kindness. Yeah. Uh, like my story. Yeah, that you listen to an older woman who is afraid the world is going to come to an end. <laughs> yeah. I heard a homily this weekend. I heard a homily this weekend, and the priest mentioned the butterfly effect. And I hadn't heard about the butterfly effect in a very, very long time. But that's what happened to you, where this woman had no idea that she was going to be inspiring you to write this incredible poem. Ah. Yeah, today. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Yeah. That's a way of looking at it, Susan. Yeah, that is a good way uh -huh. to look at it. Even to this day, she doesn't realize, uh, you know, just just what what she did with, with the, the sharing and the little breakdown that she had right there with this perfect stranger. Yep. Yeah. So. Well, I have a. I have a book to share when you're ready. Okay, go ahead. Okay. Okay. This weekend was Comic-Con in San Diego, California. And I don't know much about comic books and haven't since I was a kid. And a commentator was asking people on the news out there in San Diego, what is your favorite comic book character? Because grown-ups were dressing up like their favorite comic book character and going to this. And so I was thinking, okay, who, who were mine? And I then found some books on Bard and Superman. I read a book about Superman and how it was made into a comic book. I didn't read the book that was written by the two men who did it because that one is like 22 hours to read it in audio. But there's another one that's the story of Superman beginning with these two men. And I decided to read it all because Alice was mentioning last week about marketing. Uh, and I wanted to see how this went from a simple little comic book to being marketed into just about every media, all kind, you know, several movies, TV shows. It went the, through the entire history 
of what started out this very simple, or so it seemed, comic book. And then what the two young boys went through is they became men and didn't know anything about uh, small print and contracts, the marketers who got involved with them. It's the most remarkable story that made me want to put everything I've written uh, into a drawer and uh, (laughs) avoid marketing and making money and getting famous or anything else when you read what these people went through and all of the people they sued and they lost their lawsuits. So for me, Superman wasn't my favorite comic book or comic book character. It's just the one that was made into the movie. Uh, the Superman the movie, which I just love so much. And imagine inspiring the kind of music that John Williams wrote for that movie and, and so many other movies. I'm just, uh, but so I'll, I'll ask all of you, I'll tell you, my favorite comic book character uh, was, um, well, uh, Lois Lane, because she couldn't spell for one thing. And and, and was pretty clumsy, the way she's portrayed in the movie. Um, but other than that, Katie Keene and the Katie Keene comics that came out of the Archie comic strips. Um, and now so many books are being written, psychiatrists writing articles about how terrible comic books are. And then other people are giving college classes now on comic book history and writing. Uh, I didn't know that. Uh, but how good they are because of the hope that they give. And English teachers are using comic books to teach literature, to teach reading, to teach writing. Mm-hmm. So will you share, who was your favorite comic book character, the one that you identify with? I tell you, but it will, it will age me. <laughs> <laughs> are we already aged already? Yeah, I guess we're already aged. I used to have a subscription to Little Lulu. Little Lulu. Do you remember oh. that? Do you remember Never heard her? I remember her, yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's mine. Mine, mine was uh, Betty and Veronica. <laughs> nope. Nope. Can't, can't I didn't like comic books. I didn't like comic books, so I don't have anybody. Yeah. Oh, poor Alice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> My education has been sorely uh, neglected. Yeah. In the newspaper, I liked uh, Nancy. Nancy, Nancy, and, Nancy yeah. and Sluggo. <laughs> right. Sluggo, oh, yeah. yeah. From a newspaper comics, Peanuts. Um, Archie, remember Archie? Yeah. 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 Archie. Yeah. I used to work with a guy that loved Andy Kapp. Mm-hmm. It was uh, too, you know, it's too many words. <laughs> I never liked Doonesbury because it was too many words in the yeah. word cloud. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Lots there. Lots there. We've had a fun discussion, some interesting and varied readings. Thanks all for sharing. For the listeners, thank you for listening. And we'll do a round. Steve Sherlock here. Faith Flaherty. Uh, Bill Wiley. Alice Judge. Zenobia Carson. Susan Borey. Until next time, keep reading and writing, and come back. We'll have more to share.